We notice God's amazing grace is amazing because it saves. I want us to finish our thoughts on His amazing grace with the idea that it secures us. This is our final point. I want us to notice again the words of our song, Through many dangers, toils, and snares I have already come. He said, "'Tis grace has brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home." Without the unmerited favor of God, we cannot secure salvation. Jesus told the Jews, John 10, 29, He said, My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. That shows you the amazing power of God's grace. Now within this context, Jesus warned the Jewish leaders that they were not able to stop God's plans. They were not able to close up the doors of the church, and they were not able to keep those people out. He also said those who have been added to the Lord's church, they themselves were not able to extract them from the Lord's church. What we have to understand about this passage is that Jesus is saying there is no earthly thing that can cause someone to be forced out of the hand of God. Now can we leave the hand of God? Absolutely. Absolutely, we can turn our backs on God. We can leave His grace. We can leave the security of His hand. But His grace is so powerful that no one can force us to leave God if we want to remain faithful. His grace is that powerful. He's extended it to us. In essence, He's saying, I love you and I will save you if you're obedient. And no one can stop us. That's what Jesus is talking about. Peter described the result of leaving God after having obeyed the gospel. At the time of his writing, he used a common proverb of the day. Notice what he said, 2 Peter 2, verses 20 through 22. Speaking of those who had fallen away, Peter says, For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. Peter said, The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb, The dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. We can walk away from God. We can leave God. Now someone may say, well, the individual that is being described there by Peter never was saved, never was converted, never truly was a Christian. Now if we look in 2 Peter chapter 1, and we look at those first few verses, to whom was he writing? Those of like precious faith. Those who had obeyed the gospel those who had given themselves to God, those who were secure in the hand of God but then chose to leave it. A person who has obeyed the gospel can leave God. God secures us because of that strength. And He strengthens us through these toils and through these trials that we have. We sing about God's promises and we know that He will do what He said because He is sincere. We see that in this security. We know God will secure us because He strengthens us, but because He is sincere in what He's saying. We can trust Him, right? 
The Lord has promised good to me. His word my hope secures. He will my shield and portion be as long as life endures. Paul described God as one who could not tell a lie. We see that in Titus 1 verse 2. And if He promises salvation to the obedient, the obedient will receive salvation because He's sincere in His promise. He's going to do what He said He's going to do. But for that to happen, we have to pass from spiritual death into spiritual life. That's how we access the grace of God. Notice what Paul taught when he taught the sincere message of heaven. Romans 6, beginning with verse 3, Paul said, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into His death. We have to pass from spiritual death into spiritual life. He says, Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. That's our transition. We go from death into life. And God provides for us the sincere truth on how that happens. We look at that message and we compare it to what Christ said, and that's exactly what He said. If we believe on Him, if we repent, if we confess, if we're immersed in water for the forgiveness of our sins, if we believe, we'll we'll receive salvation. If we don't believe any of that, we're not going to receive salvation. He provided the sincere truth and He expects us to follow it sincerely. John called that walking in the light, didn't he? Notice 1 John 1 verse 7. 1 John 1 verse 7. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanses us. It'll sustain us, won't it? Our song speaks of our physical death, but His grace will sustain us for all eternity. But beyond the veil of death, there is a life of joy and peace, one where we will say, surely it was worth it all. Isn't that amazing to think of that? To understand exactly what we have waiting on us? And we never have to worry about it coming to an end. One of my favorite passages or favorite verses of this song is the last one. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Now that verse is based in a statement found in Revelation 14, verse 3. John, looking into the very throne room of God, saw something. And what he saw was that they sung a new song before the throne. And we're going to be in heaven and we're going to surround the throne of God and it says in chapter 7 verse 15 and serve Him day and night in the temple. And He that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. It's never going to end. God's amazing grace truly is amazing. Yes, heaven is eternal and the glory of it is eternal. But if it is eternal, so is the portion of eternity That is punishment. That's eternal as well. Amazing grace of God is able to deliver us if we allow it. But it's not going to do it on its own. We have to access it and we have to accept it on God's terms, not on our own terms. John recorded for us a statement that we should carry with us all the days of our lives. John 9.31 Now we know that God heareth not sinners, 
But if any man be a worshiper of God, and here it is, and doeth his will, him he heareth. There are commandments we must follow. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments, John 14, 15. John talked about those commandments. He said, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. 1 John 5, 3. Now we have an opportunity to do that today. Whether through initial obedience of accepting God's grace and coming into contact with the cleansing blood of Jesus. That's what John talked about, 1 John 1, 7. That's how we walk in the light. His blood cleanses us. But we have to access it first. And we do that through uh, baptism. We do that through the steps that uh, the Lord talked about. Culminating in us being immersed, coming up out of that water. But how do we access His blood again if we've fallen away? Well, we have to repent of the sins in our lives. We have to make that confession, whether publicly or privately, depending on the sin, and then asking God to forgive us. And He will. And once again, we'll be in the light, and His blood will cleanse us. If you have need to answer this Lord's invitation, as you think about the amazing grace of God, do that as we stand and as we sing.